Well, first of all, thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me today. My pleasure. And if you could start by introducing yourself, um, who you are and where you're from, what you do, all of that good stuff. Well, I'm Lori Verba, a crazy last name, V-R-B-A. It's missing a vowel. And I'm originally from Texas, lived there my whole life. And my family moved to North Carolina, I can't believe it, 17 years ago, which was a huge shift for me in many ways. We didn't know anyone for a thousand miles. Everything was wildly different. Um, the culture, the landscape, the season. And that's when I got really serious about photography. Um, and so I'm a photo-based artist. I'm self-taught. And I really began um in photography, I would say, as a traditionalist, shooting black and white film exclusively, and uh, I have a home darkroom, and that eventually moved into, I also make films, and it eventually moved into the object work, which is what is in the um, exhibition for Emory and Henry at the McLaughlin Center, um, where all of it's really photo-based, um, but I've been a collector of curious objects my entire life, and so I started to just combine the objects with my photography and, and vintage photography. And so that's kind of where I am. I'm mother to three. I have a 27-year-old son and then 22-year-old boy girl twins and my husband's newly retired and we moved to a little farm in Hillsboro, North Carolina just uh, over two years ago and I'm kind of in my third act of life and I don't think I've ever been happier. That's nice. It is nice. Where would you say or how would you say you were drawn to photography? Well, um, I've always been creative um, and just tinkering with something uh, all the time. But photography, I think, really st stuck with me after the birth of my children. Um, they were all born prematurely. And so, honestly, since my oldest son, he was the smallest, um, and then the twins came five years later. And so they stayed small and um, for like 10 years, I was kind of living Groundhog Day every single day where you wake up and you do the same thing and give yourself completely to these tiny humans. And I started making photographs then not so much really to document our lives um, but to just try and make photographs about what it felt to be living that life. And then some of the moms in my community knew that's what I was doing, and they started to ask me to make pictures of their children. And it became a portrait business, and it was successful. And I did that for 
several years, but I never loved that. And I finally reached the point where I understood I wasn't meant to use photography to please someone else. I was meant to make photographs to please myself. And then if someone else was drawn to them or liked them or, or wanted them, that was great. But I needed to make pictures that were really about about me, yeah, if that makes any sense. That makes perfect sense. And in your art exhibit here, um, you have lots of mixed media and prints and what you described as found object art. Can you mm-hmm. um, just kind of describe what that means exactly? Sure. So all of the work, my straight photography, the prints, and the object work are all rooted in a narrative. So everything kind of begins with the story that I'm going to try and tell. And the only reason I think I really work that way is because if everything is is a possibility, meaning what objects you're going to put together or what images you're going to put together, if everything visually is coming at you, it helps to have a way to edit yourself and your options. Parameters are a good thing. So, you know, I keep all of these objects visible in my studio and there are literally thousands of options. But if my story, let's say, is about a wild little girl that loves being out in the woods, if that's the story for that piece, well, then you start to pull objects that visually make sense together, but that also support that narrative or that story. And so, you know, most of them are vintage things that people send me anytime I'm out in the world and I find things. Sometimes they're pieces from nature. I love to use um, branches or nests or uh, stones or shells or anything that up feathers, especially um, that have a metaphorical reference um, and are just organic. I think a lot of my work, you know, revolves around the natural world as well. And so it's always just kind of an interesting puzzle to put together. How can they have balance together, support the story, be visually interesting? And can you put that puzzle together and then secure it so it can actually go out in the world and live or hang on a wall or whatever, however it's going to be presented? And that's not the funnest part. The funnest part is is figuring out the puzzle. And, you know, when I was looking through the exhibit, you have pieces um, throughout the past 10 years. Would you say that your creative process has changed at all over? through the course of that time? Um, only in that when I first started, I, I, and I, I, I didn't really know I was going to be moving to object work. It kind of happened as an accident. I just made my first encaustic block, which is, you know, where you really, to simplify it, you just completely cover something in beeswax that's mixed with resin. But it turns it into a block or something very different than a print. And I had wanted to try it. I made one and it became an object that was completely different than a straight print. It had texture, it had a smell, it had weight. And I loved it. And I, and then I realized it would fit in this vintage box that I had. And when it 
that block slid right in, then I just kept gathering objects and, and, and adding to it. And, and I loved how it felt. Um, and so I was obsessed and I did assemblage every single day. And, and in a few years, I realized I was kind of making the same piece over and over again with just different objects. And then I started to really press myself to look for ways for it to stay interesting for me and not be repetitive. That's, I, I, I hate boring myself, particularly in art. It's exciting when you're really pushing beyond what you've made before. So I look for ways to stretch. So I would say it has evolved. I'm trying to think of, well, the installation piece, you know, the dress form in the show, her name is She Wolf. And that started to come later. And it comes with confidence, you know, after doing it for seven, eight, nine, ten years, um, you're willing, I'm willing to try things I would have never tried in the beginning just to see what's going to happen. Um, and so bravery and confidence in this kind of work goes a long way. Um, and another thing I learned over time with the assemblage and object work is I think it goes south and goes wrong when you don't have the confidence to stop and to say this right now is enough. I mean, I think the worst assemblage work I see out in the world is where they've gone 10 steps too far. And um, just knowing that it's enough and trusting yourself as an artist to say this is enough and stopping is key. Um, Joseph Cornell, one of the greats in all time, and also one of the first artists I ever loved, um, was mixed media, found objects, assemblage, was really quite a minimalist. Um, and he's probably the greatest. Uh, so I would not call myself a min minimalist, but that is something I, I've gotten better at, I would say. Yeah, and I definitely think that shows. And the art in the exhibit is, I, I just love it so much. Oh, thank um, you. And so kind of looking through it, how how do you decide what goes into a specific exhibit or a portfolio? How do you pick the pieces mm -hmm. out? That's, well, I love sequencing um, and I I love editing um, making the work, of course, is the greatest thrill, but I would say second to that, well, first of all, it's just the greatest privilege as an artist to have the opportunity to stand with your work with people and have them respond to it in any way. Um, it, one, it's fascinating. Whether they like it, get it, don't get it, uh, there's always something that um, surprises me in those moments. But I, this is the first show I've ever done uh, where every piece is of uh, assemblage and there, there's really no straight photography in the exhibition. So first of all, this one really scared me because I, 
I had never done it before, but I always say I would rather be scared than bored. So, um, so it was a great experience for me. I think I look for texture and not everything being exactly the same, but where there is a connection somehow between all of them. So I didn't bring everything that I have here. I brought pieces that just somehow made sense together um, visually and texturally, the materials. All, I think everything in the show has some element from the organic or the natural world. I really liked that idea. Most of my work is really feminine, and I try and push beyond that a little too. I mean, I'm a romantic, I am a girl, I'm sentimental, but I'd like to look for ways to break through that somewhat as well. So there are a couple of pieces in the show that have a little bit more of a masculine edge and that makes me happy when I'm not, I, I try not to ever be one note. You can't see me, but I'm, I'm nodding my head very intently to everything that you're oh. saying. I know this is a hard question as a creative myself, but would you say that you have a favorite piece that you've done in general or in the exhibit that's here right now? Oh, you know, it's like saying, do I have a favorite child? You would have to ask me which day. Um, they're all really exciting the day that I make them. Um, and usually that fades over time because then I my eye gets tired or bored easily. Um, but I would say there are probably a couple. I was very excited about She-Wolf, the, the dress form, um, the, in, that installation piece. That's actually my seventh uh, dress form to make, which the first one was probably 12 years ago. Um, but it was quite different than the ones I've made before. So that was exciting. And then Moscow Cat Circus, which is the one that you view with the magnifying glass, was that was a big one for me too. Um, Butterfly House has always been one of my favorites. That's the one that you have to open the door. I get very excited with assemblage when it requires an action from the viewer to be fully realized. And that's true of Butterfly House. Um, you have to open the door to get to her. And then Moscow Cat Circus, you have to pick up the magnifying glass to really take it in. Um, so those are, uh, sorry, that's three, but that, that would be my three favorites in the show. Yeah. Um, and going back to just kind of a general sense, can you take us through what a typical day is like when you're creating art? Well, it's a really good day. Um, it can be frustrating even, but it doesn't matter. Well, you know, since we've moved on the farm, there's a lot more variety in my life than there was before we moved here because I have a garden and we have animals that we care for. My husband's not traveling and working every day anymore. He's home. So there's a lot of fun and joy in being here. Um, but, and my studio is detached from the house uh, and my dark room is detached from the house. But I have both of those things like 10 steps from my front door. And they're both wonderful spaces. 
so let's say I'm working on the show for Emery and Henry. I would come up, wake the studio up in the morning and be up here the majority of the day just assessing what I've got made and working on the next piece, which would, you know, it can begin with an image of mine or like a vintage tintype that feels like it's already got a story built in it. And I go from there and I just start, I look, is it going to be contained in a box or is it going to um, be different than that uh, in the way that it's presented? And then I just start gathering objects. I keep most of them as visible as I can without it being chaotic. And I keep trying things and I will place it all together. And that can take, that can take all day just to find the balance and uh, the right pieces. And I sort of balance them in a way where it looks like it's all cemented in place, but it isn't. Um, and one of the ways I have found to assess it is because your eye can trick you is I will take pictures with my iPhone of it and then step away from it and look at it. Sometimes that will clue me in visually in a way that my eye won't. And then I can come back and, and regroup or adjust or change it or whatever. Um, but it could, it could take a whole day just to get that puzzle together. And usually then I'll set it aside and I might have five of those put together and then there'll be a day where I come and have to, then you take it all apart. You've got the photo as your document in case you can't remember how it goes back together. And then you have to figure out, is it glued with epoxy? Do you need screws? Do you need a drill? Do you need hammer and nails? How is it actually going to hang? Can you hang it? How does that mounting go on? How do, is it going to sit on a shelf? Then for exhibition, do you have a pedestal that it's going to sit on? Is it going to be on a shelf on the wall? Um, everything has to be signed, photographed, as well as I can photograph it for, um, for the record of it. Because uh, you want them to go live out in the world. Um, and once they're gone, they're gone. They're all one of a kind. Um, so you want to make sure that it's photographed, uh, which is tricky because that's not my jam. You know, when I'm making photographs, I shoot on film. Um, and this is a digital image. So, and I don't ever have artificial lighting. I use only natural light. So that's a, that's a tricky part. None of that is thrilling. The puzzles, the fun. And so, you know, eight hours can pass like it's nothing when you're in that zone and you're working well. It, it's about as good as it gets. Well, I don't want to keep you too long. Um, mm -hmm. So before I ask you a couple final easy questions, is there anything else you would like to add? Well, I want to thank Joe Champagne, the director for the McLaughlin Art Gallery. It's just been a great experience for me that I was afraid of, and I actually thought I was going to cancel and back out of it because it scared me that much. And the fact that 
I did it and I feel so proud of it. Um, to everyone who's been so kind and uh, in helping me install it and uh, just the whole experience and the community that came out for the lecture I'm, and you for this interview, I've just really been grateful for, uh, for a show that I'm very proud of. Yeah, well, thank you so much for um, agreeing to talk to me also. So your art is in the McLaughlin Center for the Arts on the Emory and Henry College campus, and it will be there until September 9th. So mm -hmm. to all of our listeners, please stop by and look at it. And where else can people find your art? Well, my website is loriverba.com, L-O-R-I-V-R-B-A.com. And I'm on Instagram pretty much every single day. I'm still Lori Verba there. Right now, I do not have my next solo show mapped out. Um, and so Emory and Henry is where it's at. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. And it was very wow. nice to meet you. It's so great to meet you. And you've been lovely. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your time.